What companies deserve your hard-earned dollar? Which would you want to work for? How can you know if they share your values? Just ask us. Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks who really means business in supporting workers, customers, communities, the environment, and shareholders. We measure progress, track success, and help them be better. When you see the Just Capital seal, you know what's real because just business is better business. Visit justcapital.com to learn who makes your dollar count. What's up, folks? Anthony Armstrong here. Bob Popple, along with Super Bowl champion Carl Banks. Hey, NFL fans. This is Solomon Wilcox, former NFL safety and host of the Believe in Bengals podcast. Catch my show and all 32 Believe NFL podcasts. Listen in to former players give their inside perspective on your favorite team. Search Believe, that's B-L-E-A-V, on Apple, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. It's always football season, wherever you listen. Are you ready for hard-hitting observations? Reality remains reality no matter how hard you try to ignore it. The Ben Shapiro Show brings you all the news you need to know in America today. Again, I'm all here for the pop culture, people dating each other for the press. Ben breaks down the culture and never gives an inch. Every so often, and by every so often, I mean literally every 27 seconds when the producer gets fired. The Ben Shapiro Show on YouTube or wherever you listen. And it is a good morning for us, Christina. Not so much for Alex Murdaugh. No, not at all. Found guilty. Seemed like Sentenced he was guilty. To... Didn't it seem like he was guilty to you? Did you? Uh, yeah. I mean, did anybody think he uh, was he innocent? Gave... Okay, so he gave off the guilty vibes, which I know doesn't work in a court of law, but you just kind of got the EBGBs watching him on TV. And that alone is enough for me to say... You cannot babysit my kids. No, thank you. <laughs> yeah, really. The thing about this, because I, I think I told you once that I'd seen this dateline about a year ago that was kind of following this. And if you see everything this guy did, see, I'm, I'm watching this trial. I'm, I'm thinking, I hope they convict him because he deserves to be in jail the rest of his life, even if he didn't do this. Just all the other stuff he did. You know, this guy was, you know, he was a drug addict on opioids and he just uh, got crazy, I think. But he did a lot. He did a lot of bad things to a lot of people. There's stuff that he might have done that we will maybe never know, you know. So, but he certainly defrauded people, stole money, ruined people's lives. Um, and I, I believe he murdered his, his wife and his son. But even if he didn't. I think he deserves to be in prison the rest of his life anyway. So either right. convict him of this or something else, put him away. He was sentenced right? to two consecutive life sentences yeah. for the murder of his wife and son. You know, the judge in court today said, uh, this has been perhaps one of the most troubling cases, not just for me as a judge, for the state, for the defense team, but for all the citizens of this community. He added, a person whose grandfather's portrait hangs at the back of the courthouse that I had to have ordered, removed. Yeah. Yeah, well, like I say, this family was very well respected. We've talked about that before. They had a legal firm. They were what they called them the solicitor, which is like the, uh, the, uh, the district, district attorney. attorney. So they had both sides of the law. They defended people. They prosecuted people. They had a big law firm, very well respected for generations. That's what his grandfather's picture in the courthouse. You know, so, and he used all that for bad purposes. You know, we talked about the, his house cleaner died. 
and he went to the sons and said, hey, why don't you sue? My insurance company. And I won't protest, and you'll get the money. And they never got the money because he took it. He stole it. Yeah, and then they had to settle with them. That's another lawsuit he had going that he was going to have to somehow resolve. You know, he was just about ready to go to court for his son's lawsuit who had been driving that boat drunk and killed the girlfriend. That was going to court, which was going to be probably some kind of multi-million dollar settlement. He had so many things going on. Just kind of, um, I I don't know, house of cards type of thing that just crumbled. And all because opioid, you know, the other, the friend of the other son who was gay, who may or may not have been in a relationship with the other son, Buster, right? And then his mysterious hit and run death. And it just, there's so much here that people have questions about with this guy and we were talking yesterday. You asked me yesterday before a, a verdict even came down, before the show even started. He said, you asked, what do you think is going to happen with this guy? You think they're going to find him guilty? And I said, well, they're sitting in the court with room with him. And there is a feeling. You ever, like when, when I would sit in court as a reporter, there were people that you just kind of got the EBGBs off of. Yeah. And you knew, and that's not evidence. I get it. That's not evidence, yeah. but it's it definitely gives you a gut feeling about somebody. No, I know what you mean. I, I know exactly what you mean because I, I was on a jury once that was a much less. It was like kind of an aggravated assault kind of thing, and the guy was like that, like he's guilty. And we get in the jury room. It's Friday afternoon. You know how that goes, mm-hmm. Friday, and the jurors are going, "Let's get out of here." And I said, "Look, I know we don't like this guy." But can we just take 10 minutes, you know, before we all go to Lucas or whatever? Yeah, you know, right, you know. right. Let's let's just talk about the evidence because we all felt that's the kind of, he's guilty, right? I don't care about that. He's guilty. He just seemed like that kind of guy, right? And, and eventually we did convict him. But I just said, let's just slow down a minute and not just take 30 seconds to do this. Can we take 10 minutes? And he was guilty. And we all thought he was guilty. But I said, there's a couple of questions I have and I said, just, I'd just like to kick it around a little bit. Because, you know, when you're putting somebody in jail, I think uh, this is something you should take very seriously, even if it's just for a day. You know, I don't even want I agree. To, right? You should take it very seriously. But I know exactly what you mean. Some people just, you just feel they're guilty. But you can't just feel they're but guilty. That's not, you gotta, evidence. Yeah. that's not evidence, right? Even though you have the EBGBs, your gut is telling you that they're guilty, of course your job is to be presented with the evidence and so um, one of the jurors in this case did an interview with ABC News, and he said, you know, guilty from the start. It was two not guilty, one not sure, and nine guilty. What was your vote? Guilty. From the start? Yes. But that's when he's talking about how when they first got, he said, normally when they met, they would do a little, a lot of small talk. He said, they just eliminate all the small talk and just let's, let's just get down to business and they voted. So this is the first thing they did after just minutes. And it was nine to two to one. And then he said. And then he said this. He started deliberating, going through the evidence. Everybody was pretty much talking and about 45 minutes later, we, after all our deliberating, we figured it out. So it took 
basically 45 minutes for you guys to come to a decision? Probably about 45, maybe an hour. That's really fast. Yeah. The evidence was clear. The evidence was clear. Yeah. No doubt in their minds. And of course, there was one piece of evidence that kind of sealed the deal for this guy, right? Here's voice clearly. And everybody else could too. That video. When he said it was him, were you surprised? I was very surprised. Why? That was his only savior right there. Did you feel like he was a liar? A good liar. But not good enough. <laughs> but he's talking about the fact that he they had this kennel. Or he said he hadn't been there. This is where the murder happened, I guess. See, I, I wasn't even there. I was, I was in bed, you know, up at the house. And then somebody had been taking a video, and it was voice was in it. And it was very clearly his voice. But then not only that, he admitted that he lied. Amongst all the other lies that he'd been caught doing, that one he was still sticking to, but, right? But this is the piece of the interview that the juror did with ABC News that I thought was very interesting. What did you think when Alec Murdoch took the stand? I didn't think much of him. Really? Really. I didn't see any true remorse or any compassion or anything. Even though he was, he cried a lot on the stand. He never cried. He never cried. What do you mean by that? All he did was blow snot. Did you not see tears? No tears. I've never I heard thought that. that was interesting. Never heard that phrase before. All he did snot. was blow snot. I guess I know what that means. I know what it means. Is <laughs> he was wiping his nose? It was yeah. an act. Yeah. What he's saying is, is it was an act, and he never shed a tear. He pretended to cry. What's amazing to me is that, like I said, I didn't watch this. You know, when it was on all day, we were on the air that day talking about it a little bit. I like I say it was, the court proceedings are are real slow. I prefer to watch the wrap-ups afterwards. And, and watching some of the wrap-ups after he testified, I was kind of surprised at how many people gave him good marks for his testimony and thought that, you know, they, they said, you know, he's clearly trying to reach one juror, just one juror who will find some element of doubt here and not convict him. And then you listen to this guy who just didn't go for it at all, but the experts thought that he did a great job. Now, not all of them. You know. Yeah, and see, that, see, to me, that's the difference. The experts weren't sitting in that courtroom throughout the trial, right? The experts weren't sitting in that juror box watching him as other testimony is taking place, too. You know, that's the thing is it's, it's not just when you take the stand. I do believe that if you are innocent, you should take the stand in your defense. So I think for Alex Murdaugh, it was a smart move to take the, the stand because had he not, he absolutely, it would have been 15 minutes deliberation and it would have been done. So that's just my two cents on well, it. Well, a lot of people okay. agree with you because I heard, I've heard some of the experts say that, uh-huh. that, you know, why did he take the stand? It clearly didn't work. And they pretty much all agreed on this. He had no choice because if he hadn't taken the stand, he was guilty. He had to get up there and convince them that he wasn't. And he didn't because, like that juror said, he just didn't come across. And he said, like, they voted 9-2 to two to 1, and it took 45 minutes to convince the 2 and the 1 that he was guilty because they didn't have that much resistance. They just voted that way to begin with. He said when they went over the evidence for 45 minutes, everybody clearly saw the light and he was guilty. Well, but there's also the aspect of when he wasn't on the stand and other people were testifying, 
You know, I've seen the jury watch the defendant while someone else is on the stand to see how they react to things. And so, you know, the experts aren't in that room taking all of that in. The TV cameras don't show all of that either. So there's, you know, okay, so TV gives you the best view of what they want to show you, but you don't get the whole picture of things. And so I think for this juror too, it probably was, you know, he, he probably, he didn't cry when her sister was on the stand. These are, you know, there's other things that he didn't do. By the time he got on the stand, it took the prosecution a month to present its case. So Alex Murdaugh sat in his chair all day, every day for a month. And that jury watched him for a month before he ever took the stand. This juror wasn't impressed with him when he took the stand because why? He wasn't impressed with him when he wasn't on the stand. I mean, I think that that's just as important. I, I have, aside from being a court reporter for like six months of my life or a year of my life, I have no other aspect of this. But I do think that that weighs with people. It goes into the gut feeling of things as well. And then the evidence that's presented just supports that, supports all that. And so you're, there yet, he had no redeeming quality to him. Alex Murdoch. Well, the thing is, when you talk about people even crying, say he had really cried, you don't know why they're crying. You know, I think a lot of people, they're crying because of themselves. They got caught. They got caught. They feel sorry for themselves. And you can be on the stand crying about yourself, talking about your wife and your kid. But you're really crying for yourself, which I think he was trying to do. He couldn't even do that apparently very well. One of the things that they teach you though, John, in acting school is, is that when you are reliving a scenario, okay, and it's a scenario that you didn't live and you've, if you've got a script in front of you, you've got these words in front of you, you have to personalize it, right? Because otherwise the audience can see right through it. And that's, that's the case with Alex Murdaugh here. Yeah. They saw right. They saw right through him. Hey guys. Good morning. Uh, no, I was like with John. I, I really didn't pay much attention to the case. I I have to admit, I, I just thought he was guilty at the beginning of it. But uh, my thing is, with the kid, you know, they when the judge made the comment that uh, he took the portrait off his grandfather's uh, off the court because of their, uh, of their family history, uh, I'm just thinking of the kid. What's going to happen to him, you know, to shame him and to basically curse him? And hopefully he can be redeemed and this kid gets to do something good. I just think of all the wealth. What's going to happen with all the wealth? All the lawyers going to get it? Or are they going to give it back to... Well, what wealth? Get back to There's no wealth. Or, that, or the property they have, you know, the, yeah. whatever. Who knows what they have? Nobody really knows all the financials. No, I don't know, but I mean, but he, he stole a lot of money from the law firm. Mm-hmm. So that indicates to me he didn't have a lot of money, right? Because he was a drug addict and he was spending all this money. I'm going to guess that... The sale of anything is going to go yeah. back to whoever he stole from. He had to settle with the kids at a housekeeper for $4.3 million, which I don't even know if he had that. He had this other lawsuit coming up from the boat accident, which was going to result in some millions of dollars, which I don't know if he had that either. I mean, it seems to me he, you might be right about property, but I think people are going to be laying claims to this stuff. Well, yeah, the, the thing is some of these people who do steal, they hide their money. They don't just, you know, they have put into jewelry or other stuff or other means of hiding the money. Except remember, for he was an addict. He was an addict. And I, I think I, my guess yeah. here is is that he just... He, he blew it he all. He blew it all. Yeah. He blew it. And he I, blew I what think, he didn't have. 
Yeah. Yeah. I don't think he was an addict. I, I mean, he was an addict. No, no, but they didn't say anything about like cocaine. No, it was marijuana. opioids, which opioids. is which is like heroin. It's just like heroin. Well, I understand. Yes, but I'm just saying he was a mild addiction compared to where people I've run into are addicts. Uh, you know, and they just deteriorate. He he maintained a certain level of his drug use. Well, you know, there's a lot of addicts that are able to do daily things like he was doing, but in his daily life, he was stealing from his law firm, you know, so. Well, he had been a, yeah, he had been a pretty good addict. Well, here's the thing, you know, if you're a, if you're a regular heroin addict on the street with not much, you rob liquor stores, you know, mm-hmm. you, you know, you, you find rob ways of getting your money. If you are a guy like this, you rob rich clients. True. And, and they don't even know. Until now. Well, and you manipulate people yeah. to l- overlook it, right? That's part of but Albert, hiding you know, it. But Albert, I, I appreciate, you know, you're wondering about the son. What's going on? He lost his mom. Now he's lost his dad. He, he lost, lost his, his whole brother. family. His Might whole, not have His anything. dad has disgraced his family's name. You know, it's, it's terrible. I would say that, it, you know, a lot of people in life um, have faced worse. And no. they've overcome those things. Hey, you're and, a, you're and a you young man. Too. You've probably been gifted a lot of good things in your life. You should be able to strike it out on your own. You won't have all the things maybe you thought you were going to have. Guess what? A lot of people don't have that stuff. So mm-hmm. go out and make something in your life. Uh, not trying to be harsh. It's just reality. You know, you got choices here. You can fall apart or you can get it together, right? Now, we were watching the defense attorneys in their news conference uh, talk about the fact they're going to appeal within 10 days, and they thought the strongest reason to appeal was the fact that they allowed all this financial information into the trial, which they said really had nothing to do with this. And you see this as we got our degrees on law and order, Christine. A sure. lot of times they try to admit stuff into a crime, into the trial, and the judge will say that you this is about the murder. This isn't about all those other things. To me, all these other things connect. Well, right? they say that it was motive. Yeah. Well, I mean, so if, you had to look at was, his whole life to see what was going on here. If it was part of motive, then it should be admitted. That's, I, you know, and I guess that brings up for me too is, is I, I still question what the motive was, but they seem to think that it had to do with the fact that he had been uh, kicked out of the law firm, he was stealing money, that, um, you know, did his wife know, not know, the son's upcoming trial all of this all of this stuff that was kind of coming to fruition that he had been trying to hide because of his addiction it's all intertwined together for me well that's the thing you know they found this um, embezzlement at the law firm and it was the next day the murders happened seems kind of coincidence you know a lot of people don't believe in coincidences seems to me all that stuff ties in all these things that were going on, now, maybe another judge would have said, I just want to hear evidence about the murder. But to me, it does go to motive. Now, these defense attorneys made another point. They said, now, in the end, he said, but forget about you. You don't even care about the motive, you know, something like that. I don't need to prove motive. I've given you a lot of motive here, but I don't even need that. We've got him on murder without all that stuff. So they're going to try to appeal on the basis that stuff should not have been admitted, and we'll have to see what happens there. But to me, it, it does seem relevant. It seems like all that stuff led him to the place where he would murder. It took the jury 45 minutes to an hour to come to a decision. They seemed like they seemed to think that their 
all evidence pointed towards guilty, they said. Now, at least the one juror said. Yeah. I said, I didn't watch this real close, but I've seen the uh, date lines. I saw enough. I think he was guilty, but um, I'll, I'll trust the jury here. Movies, TV shows, books, podcasts, and more. It's what women binge with Melissa Joan Hart and her friend Amanda Lee. We have Lauren Bosworth with us. Yay! The Hills. So what is like your number one question from fans? The primary question I still get asked was, what, is it real? (laughs) (laughs) In 2024, to me, is a surprising question to get because I feel like everybody has been through the reality TV gauntlet at this point. What women binge wherever you listen.